Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. Laura Hoover here with you today. Another fantastic leader, Mr. Hansel Lynn, the founder and CEO of The Coder School. I am super excited for you to join us today. A lot to talk about, but why don't you go ahead for a start off, Tell us a little bit about who you, who you are, what you're doing, a little bit of your story, just kind of everything. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thanks, Laura. Hey, thanks uh, so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, podcast, really appreciate it. Uh, so let's see my story. So I am founder and CEO of a, a little outfit called The Coder School. And uh, we, uh, what we do is we teach kids uh, how to code. Um, uh, we got uh, locations all around the country. We're an in-person shop. Um, and so our, you know, our big thing is, hey, you know, technology is just out of control these days, right? And, and yeah. only only going to be more out of control. And so we need to get our next generation ready. You know, we need to get some of these kids to, uh, some of these kids to actually be developers. But even if you're not going to be a developer, you know, just to know a little bit about the basics, you know, doctor, lawyer, plumber, artist, whoever, they should know a little bit about technology because uh, there's a lot of it coming. Um, so the more kids we get to, to do this, the better. Um, it's a little bit about just, you know, how we got here, how I got here. Um, so I was a tech guy for a long time uh, out here. I live in uh, Silicon Valley. I was a tech guy for a long time in the corporate world. One day I just thought corporate sucks, <laughs> you know, just not for me. You know, I'm not a red tape company guy. So, so I left corporate world and then I uh, actually bought a franchise for a music school that, that teaches how to, uh, teaches kids. Um, and so that was a blast. Had a lot of fun doing that. And then one day I kind of woke up and I thought, hey, you know, um, you know, it's 2014 or 15. Here I am in Silicon Valley, and there isn't a lot of places for my own kids to learn how to code. Mm -hmm. And so here I know how to teach kids how to play music. I also know how to code and I have a tech background. Hey, why not combine the two and out pop the coder school? So uh, mm -hmm. that's what I've been working on since. And that's how I got here to today. I wish I, I had that when I was growing up, because I think that would have made me a little bit more excited about it. Because I grew up in a very tech family, or at least tech from mm. the standpoint of we would like to do hardware tech and soldering. Um, mm. My brother was always the one who would be the, the coder of the family. Like he, even I like, read Java books when I when I was growing up, and then I never got past that. I never like, <laughs> decided to elaborate. I was like HTML, Java, we're good, and then everything else just kind of passed yeah. me by. I was like. That's it. <laughs> well, that's why everything is so different nowadays. Back, you know, when we were all younger, you had to be really into it. You know, you had to right. pick up a big thick book and read Java yeah. or whatever. You know, now you, you have all these technologies to be able to get kids to, to make these cool graphical games and just really fun yeah. stuff to get them involved. And especially if you have a mentor or somebody to help you through it, you know, we, we hopefully are able to get a lot more kids uh, into it now. Yeah. Like, like, like for me, I'm, I'm a hands-on person. So being able to go do something has always been the way I do it like I would have to go re refigure it out but I I did do a little bit of raspberry pi earlier on in, awesome. my, in, in my like when that was like first hitting market a lot too um yeah but yeah it, it, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you could get so into it you can create so much on every single level whether you're more of the artistic type or whether you want to be the more like logical type and it, there's just, it's an open world 
That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, especially Raspberry Pi, like you mentioned, you know, for those out there who don't know what it is, it's a tiny little computer and you can make it do all kinds of stuff. I, I read somewhere somebody did some kind of uh, like facial recognition or, or animal recognition thing where they they recognize a raccoon in their backyard. And so when they recognize a raccoon, it shot some water at it to, to oh, scare it away. Amazing. You know, they just built it themselves. And so there are, you're right. There's so many of these possibilities of, of just sort of do-it-yourself things, uh, uh, you know, with code and, and these little things like Raspberry Pi. Yeah. So walk me through a little bit about, like, you, you said it was like, well, I already had this music school and I already like this. So let's make it. Was, was that like a moment of like epiphany or was it was it like a, a reoccurring theme that's like, you know what, I'm too annoyed at this. We need to get this done. <laughs> no, that's a great question. You know, I think it, it was both. It, it was it was one day it was it was like, wow, wait a minute. There is nobody. You know, I'm, I'm here in Palo Alto, which at that time especially was just center of the technology world. Everything was here. You know, Facebook is here. You know, Tesla's around here. It was around here. And so all these things around here. And I was like, but I the only thing I could do with my own kids is put them online, you know, and just have them learn online. And that was very ineffective. And so there's that huge epiphany of I, I, if I don't do it, somebody's going to do it. And uh, and I think it just kept kept nagging at me. Um, but it was it was pretty quick. You know, a lot, a lot of a lot of people have asked me, like, you know, did you when did you know it would work? And and the truth is, I I knew like even when I first had the idea, I 100 percent knew it would work um, mostly because I had the music school already. And so I already knew the parents personalities. I, I knew what they would spend the money on. Um, and I also just knew there's so much technology here and, and, and there wasn't, you know, like I said, an opportunity for my own kids. Um, so I was excited to get it going. And, and when I did, I, I was just like, yep, see, I do it. <laughs> that grand opening was like elbow to elbow, you know, all the parents coming in and just like, oh, I've never seen this before. So it was a really uh, exciting moment. It's just uh, uh, kind of confirmed, uh, you know, you know, my thoughts at the time that, that this would work. Now, bear with me on, on this one, because it might be just my hmm. illogical brain connecting these two dots but to me going from music to coding makes a lot of sense because it like it follows like a similar kind of like similar language pattern if if that if that makes sense yeah you know you know there's been a lot of studies about uh musicians kids who are musicians they have a more logical brain because you know music is structured yeah. uh right and so so that helps them structure the brain when they learn it and so so that that in itself is true uh, but also you know you know uh just sort of as a secret i stole a lot of the a lot of the things that i learned from the music uh you know school you know and put them into the coding school because to be honest uh, teaching music and teaching coding a lot of it is very similar um I'll tell you that the way we do it is very much an immersion style, meaning it's it's not like a it's it's not like a curriculum where every kid does A B C D E. Uh, instead, we sit down with a kid, and, and so for example, at this music school, uh, specifically for music, what we did is a kid would come in, new kid, never played guitar before, wants to learn guitar, and we'd say, "What kind of music do you like?" And the kid would be like. ACDC, you know, and so we bust out the guitar and we're just like, okay, put your finger there, there, and there, and just hit the strings. Now put your finger there, there, and there, and now hit those strings. Boom, you're playing a song, you know. And so that kind of engagement where they suddenly can 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 play without like a curriculum, right? You don't want to you don't want to have everybody learn classical music if they're a big ACDC fan, right? Yeah. And so it's the same thing with uh, coding. What we realized is, you know, a kid will come in and they'll say, hey, I'm a really, you know, I like to play basketball, let's say. So it's like, oh, cool. Let's make a little basketball game, you know, with the code, um, you know. And so it's very specific for that kid. It's just let's just let's just code what you want to code, you know, at, 
as we go, uh, instead of forcing them into a curriculum. And what we found is that just really engages the kids more. Um, and that's that's how people learn, you know, we just do it. <laughs> you know, how, how do you learn to do podcasts? You know, you just kind of start making them and then you, you kind of brush it up as you go, right? So, so I, you know, I, I felt like that was really something that transitioned really well from the music side over to the coding side. So kind of, kind of on the same vein, because there is so much variety and so much that you can do and so many avenues, how do you start to kind of formulaically like add that in? Because if someone's like, like sports or likes to play basketball, you can definitely drive that portion of it. But with interests being as wide as they are, how do you start to like <laughs> accommodate like the big buckets or put people yeah. into the big buckets, right? Yeah, and, and that's a really good point because it is a balance. So, so on the one hand, we're we're teaching kids what they want to learn because that that's how they get engaged. On the other hand, at some point, they don't really know what they can learn, and they don't even know what they really want to learn, right? And so, so there is this balance of at some point, you know, our our coaches, what we call our teachers, our code coaches, they're they're like, okay, hey, listen, you know, we did the basketball game that you wanted to do, you know, we, we did the Steph Curry thing that you wanted to do. Now, now let's let's do this other thing that I want to do. You know, we're 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 just going to create this thing that uh, maybe it's, it tabulates scores for the Warriors, you know, or something gotcha. like that, where it's kind of related, but we're kind of stepping away. And, and a big part of it is how good is the coach at, at doing something like that. Um, and, and the reason why we call him a coach is because it is very personalized. It's, it's like I said, it's not just that everybody do the same curriculum. The coach has to know the kid, know that, you know, this kid is better off doing this kind of thing. Um, and sometimes it's a challenge, um, but we just feel like it's, it's the best way to go. When you, when you have a coach just sort of sitting right next to you uh, and helping you do what you want to do um, most of the time. <laughs> Um, then that's, yeah. you know, we felt like the best, that's the best way to learn. So how, how far do you, do you take the kids? Like for me, um, when I was learning, in, in, you know, like podcasting at the very basics, I was basically doing an apprenticeship in radio for about 10 years before I moved into yeah. this, right? You know, yeah. I was blessed enough to have a high school that had a radio station. So I basically wow. did that on every free chance and then same into college and then, you know, same out outside and, and now I'm here. But like, yeah, or, or say, same with like, you know, trades and, you know, basic plumbing or construction and that kind of stuff, There's apprenticeships. And, you know, that could start fairly young if you really want it to be. But like, yeah, to start with kids young, that's great. But how, how, how far can we take that? Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean, that's, that's actually a really good sort of analogy. I've never heard that word used here before, but you're right. I mean, so, so our, our, our sessions are typically two on one. So there's typically only two kids and one code coach. So it's very customizable because it's such a small ratio. And in, in essence, it really is an apprenticeship. You know, it's, it's the kid learning to code by just doing it. But there's a guide, you know, there's somebody saying, oh, you know, you know, this is where you put a variable, this is how you put the loops and all that stuff. So it is kind of an apprenticeship. Now, how far can apprenticeship go? You know, as far as you want it to go, right? Um, we have some high schoolers who make some pretty crazy stuff, you know, some, you know, they're coding some drone facial recognition, something or other to see if COVID people are six feet apart. It's just like crazy stuff. Not very, you know, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a common case. Yeah. But we have some of those, right? And so, what, what our our goal is to get these guys to have that foundation, so that they can go and learn the next step, probably in college, gotcha, yeah. right? And, and I think it's an interesting key because a lot of parents will come and say, 
can you teach my kid enough so that they can get a job at Facebook? <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, it takes so much to, you know, there's, there's just so much more to learn. Right. And so our, our, we just want to get kids to be really excited about coding so that they do more of it so that they have a head start to learn a lot more of it uh, when they sort of do it formally, uh, you know, in, in, in like a computer science school, because there's just so much more to learn, you know, before you can really work at a, at a real company. I'm so, but, but you're right. We're starting at an apprenticeship level. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so excited that we're like, we're, we're looking at this and we're starting to treat coding and like what will be another pillar of, you know, our foundation of our country as like music yeah. and as like art like things that you could like start young work on these skills you know same with like like multi-languages like start young work on these skills these these are things that you know you can learn and apply everyday life i love it it makes me so so excited yeah i mean i mean obviously that was part of our challenge in the beginning is a lot of parents didn't know you could do it and you didn't you know there was music there were sports but they didn't know there was coding so adding it is great, but you're right. There's so many more things we can all do now. I feel like a complete idiot compared to my own kids because I just have so many more, you know, opportunities. So yeah, it's a different world now. Now, are, are were there any challenges besides you know just like, hey, yo, coding, it's a cool thing. We should do it. Yeah. Like, were there any other like major yep. challenges breaking into it? Because that's a that's an untapped like place that we can be. Yeah. Going. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It, it, it kind of depends on the market. So we're, you know, we're all across the US. And so some markets like, like, you know, California, they're like, okay, coding, I get it. You know, I'm a coder. Exactly. So let's get my kid to do it. Other markets, they're kind of like, what is coding? You know, is, is it Excel? Is that coding? You know, is it medical coding? You know, so, so there's some of our locations, there's some education, you know, we have to sort of teach them what it is in the first place. Uh, and then in the second place, why they need to do it. Um, I think the other challenge we always have is is our style, this this immersion style. I, I feel like we always have to explain it a little bit um, because, it, you know, w- when kids go to a school of some sort, you know, I think parents all expect, uh, you know, curriculum and grades yep. because we've always had curriculum and grades, right? Um, but my, my contention is that the reason why we have a curriculum is because there's 30 kids in a class or 25 kids in a class. And when you have that many kids, everybody's got to do the same thing. There's no way for, you know, a teacher to teach every kid something Mm -hmm. different. Um, But when you have a two-on-one or a one-on-one, you know, maybe like a homeschool or or, or how we do it, you know, and you have the ability to customize. um, I just, I just think it's so much better. You know, the the analogy I always give is um, if you wanted to learn Chinese, for example, uh, are you better off taking, you know, Chinese 101 and Chinese 102? Or do you want to just come with me to China? You know, let's just immerse ourselves. Everybody's speaking Chinese around us. You might not know what anybody's saying at the beginning, but I'll translate for you. And after a while, you'll get it, right? And there's no curriculum in that. That's just that's just living your life in China, right? And so exactly. that's kind of the way we see this immersion teaching. And, it, and I feel like a lot of times we had to tell a parent, well, you know, the reason why we don't have a strict curriculum is because... So I, I think that's that's an ongoing challenge, you know. School equals curriculum to a lot of parents. Yeah, and school like school's not for everybody, right? Like True. the stock standard classroom te- like that that that's a tale as old as time is we know that. Like some people yeah. are hands on, some people are like better at just reading and absorbing and then just doing a thing. And just, 
That's absolutely true. We've, we've had, we've had so many uh, kids and coaches who, you know, maybe, maybe they don't love the academic style of, uh, you know, school, yeah. right. Where you read, read a chapter, take a test, read a chapter, take a test, get great. Instead, they just want to do it. Right. And they excel so much better in, in a different situation. So you're right. It's not, it's not for everybody. All right. I want to throw a curveball at you now. Um, ah. So we have the coder school, right? We're super excited about it. It's going pretty well. What do you do outside of it to like kind of get away for a few moments and, and just kind of recalibrate? Yeah, I, uh, that's, that's a good question. I, um, I am actually a, uh, endurance athlete. So I do a lot of, uh, so I'm a triathlete. I just, I actually am right now totally off season. Uh, I just finished an Ironman a week and a half ago, actually. And now I'm kind of have all these hours during the day where I usually work out and I'm like, huh, I got nothing to do right now. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, I mean, when, when I'm stressed out, like a good run or a good ride or something really uh, even clears my head a lot. Okay. As, as, as a person who knows a few people who do triathlons, which, which one is the hardest leg for you? Ah, interesting. Which one is the hardest leg? Uh, I think, you know, so I'm, I came in as a runner. Um, so I think for sure the, um, the bike is the hardest leg because really? it just takes the longest. It's just you're on your butt for so long, and and I suck at biking, so there you go. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Well, yeah, I know a few people who came in at as swimmers, and typically mm. it's it's the running that's the hardest part for them, which is very yeah odd yeah. Because as a yeah. former swimmer, we would have to run for conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah i guess i guess it's when you're on your 11th or 12th hour <laughs> you're out there you know chugging along on your 20th mile it's it kind of hurts <laughs> so that, i guess it all hurts in a good way <laughs> that is amazing so how much uh, now i'm just curious how many have you done so far have you like just in your area all across <laughs> the country yeah they don't have a lot of them uh actually at the at, at the ironman uh, distance but uh so this would have been my third one um in the last five or so years yeah, it's 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 funny because it's one of these things where you have to really uh, get mentally prepared for it. I mean, it's kind of like a job as a CEO. Like to to do an Ironman, you have to make sure you got you know you got your goggles, you got your right you know the bike, you get your pedals. You know, it's, there's so much thinking ahead. Where if you do a marathon, you just put your shoes on, you just go, <laughs> right? This Ironman is you just there's just so much thinking and planning ahead. And so I, I, I always think to myself, my logical brain of being an engineer yeah. and who I am as a CEO really helps. It just kind of complements each other because you just have to be so much more mentally prepared uh, for this kind of race. It's so odd because uh, I guess I, I've known a few people who've done Ironmans or triathlons or both, right? Um, mm. And they're all, yeah, engineers of some sort or have an engineering <laughs> background. I didn't put those two nope. together, but yeah, like... <laughs> The last person I was talking to was talking about, oh, yeah, I had to time when I eat what I eat. Yeah. And I'm going to time it when I'm on the bike because I have two hands free <laughs> and I right. can breathe better. That's that's exactly right. There's so much planning. Like, you wouldn't think of that, you know, until you do it. And you're like, wait a minute, I got to plan all that stuff out. So <laughs> like, that's exactly right. The one thing you shouldn't have to plan is your meal and you're planning your meal <laughs> while you it's just like yeah yeah and if you don't plan it you know i had a race where i didn't plan it right and i just completely pooped out so it it, it matters it's interesting it's it, it's a crazy thing all right yeah. i want to thank you for coming on business black belts it has been an absolute pleasure i want to have you on again a little bit in in the future so we can revisit like how things are going but in the meantime 
people want to get in contact with you more about you, more about the coder school, is LinkedIn the best way? Website, email? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on, first of all. So really, really enjoyed this conversation. Best way to get a hold of me is is just our, our website. My email is right up there. If anybody wants to contact me, go ahead. Um, I, I always like to leave my podcast with, with the message that if you are a parent or if you know a, of a parent, get their kids to code. I mean, not, not necessarily through us, but there's so many other ways to do it, whether it's just online or at a school like ours or at a competitor or whatever. Just get them to code. There's just going to be so much more technology is coming along the line we got got to get more kids to, to to get involved you know what we need we need those little like video games that taught you like math when, when <laughs> like helping yeah. you do math and keyboarding we need those for coding now they they have those they, they absolutely have those yeah i might have yeah, to go and like... invest in those now they absolutely have those yeah all right well on that note thank you so much for coming on business black belts i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and insane to all of our listeners thanks again for listening to today's episode of business black belts should you want to see more content on both the show marketing and business in general feel free to check out my linkedin thanks